Welcome to Love It or Hate It with Angelique and Elizabeth. It is episode 30 and I just had to tell my dog to cool it with the uh, bunny squeaking. <laughs> so we'll see what happens with uh, Layla during this episode and we um, are coming back after a brief hiatus. Mm-hmm. So we are going to talk about some of our favorite movies of 2019. Yay! <laughs> um, Elizabeth, what a year! <laughs> it has been a year. It has been a year in which we have learned a few things. Mm-hmm. Um, one of which we are not allowed to go to the movies together. Nope. In 2020, our movie resolution is to watch them separately after three incidents. Three absolute <laughs> fucking disasters. <laughs> um, number one, you guys already know about our Midsommar issue where uh, there was an earthquake, earthquake during the film. She has since watched it. I have. I have not watched it for fear of inciting another <laughs> earthquake. Um, also, our Hobbs and Shaw mishap where we thought we were getting blown up inside we of the theater. thought we were going to die and The Rock was going to have to save us. <laughs> and I didn't feel confident he was going to try. I felt like his team was going to whisk him right away. And I just still love that he was like, oh yeah, I was, I was ready to go to... No, you weren't. No, no, and he, he like tried to tell like Jason Statham a little bitch and like say that he ran away, and I was like, no, I'm pretty sure both of you were escorted out by your teams of security, and we were in the line of fire, yeah. quite literally. Remember, except- <laughs> go the opposite way of the crowd if you can to find an alternate exit. Exactly. Hot tip. <laughs> it's one of the one times where it's just better to do your own thing, mm-hmm. everybody. Do not follow the crowd. And then our third and final disaster happened just before Christmas where Angelique <laughs> decided she was going to get a lovely bout of food poisoning during a 2020 release. So I'm so yeah, sorry to be had a Or can we name it? We I don't know. can't. Uh, they said they told us to tweet about it. I okay. can't tell you whether or not like a boss is any good. I can. I wasn't there. <laughs> I can, but I believe I have to hold my opinion. Yeah, she has to hold her opinion. Um, I can hold not hold my hospital bill. <laughs> yeah, God, <laughs> what a night. It was great. Poor, um, this poor girl. Oh. But we had much more enjoyable. We had way better movies this year. We we it, it wasn't like we saw us together twice and Booksmart. And Spider-Man Far From Home. That all went fine. And they were all three really good movies of the year. We were doing... We were (coughs) just fine. (laughs) So, Elizabeth, what were some of your top films in 2019? Uh, Well, like I said, Us, big time. Same. Easily, like, top three, close to number one. Damn. All right. Um, Booksmart was so, so good. Um, Ready or Not, I really liked. Yeah. I saw that on a plane recently. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that one. And then I saw Knives Out right after, oh, yeah. and I spent oh. a lot of time with rich white people, and I really enjoyed <laughs> both experiences this year. You know, uh, Knives Out I liked, but it was not a, like, the it's mystery okay. was really good, and the performances and everything were really good, but um, kind of the hype about, like, the cast and how exciting it was to have everybody in it was a little overblown for me. Yeah, the cast is not the best part of that movie at all. Ryan we, Johnson's script is for me. Yeah, because the story was really great, and I really liked it. But, and I love all those actors, but they kind of, like, teased you with them being in it more, and then it was really just, um, <coughs> on, am I saying her name right? Anna Darmus. Anna Darmus. She's my favorite. Craig. Daniel is, is phenomenal. The, it was mostly Tony. that, and Tony Collette was great, but again, she's barely she's in it. She's not really in it that much. And, um, and Chris Evans is in it a little more. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I laughed so hard I saw my mom and brother, and I thought... Get, are, would you spoilers for it? You think I feel point? like at this point we can spoil knives out. Right? Okay, it's January fourth. Yeah. Well, I I thought there was gonna be <laughs> dogs <laughs> make it a little thump thump thump. Really we're we're in a new space, so everybody's getting used to it. <laughs> um, 
I I thought Marta was gonna turn out to maybe be secretly conniving. Yeah, I did just, too. Because I just had no idea, but she was. She was nice. She was always pure of heart. Always pure of heart. And my brother cracked me up. He's like, no, I knew Marta was good because she's real purdy. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was reading something today that that was actually the initial reason why she declined to audition for the role oh. was because the role was just pitched or described as like pretty Latina caretaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, no, bump that. Uh, hard stereotype. No, yeah, she's you. like, I have no interest in being a part of that. And then when she finally read the script, she realized there was much more to this yeah. character and and, you know, that was just kind of like the quick and dirty way of describing yeah. Marta, but that, you know, Ryan really had a real vision mm-hmm. for this character, and I'm so glad yeah. she, you know, gave it a second chance and took the role. Yeah. No, definitely. And, and so, yeah, like, the, he really put together a great mystery, because I was, like, simultaneously confused, but intrigued, and following it, and not expecting certain things, and yeah. uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, it. It, like, forced me to go along for the ride. It's yeah. in my top ten of the yeah. year, and I saw it really late. Oh, no. Um, what else? Uh, let's see, what else do I have on my list? Um, Hustlers, I thought was really, really great, and deserves a lot more love and attention. I uh, cried watching Hustlers Aww. on the plane ride home, because it was my second time seeing it, and the thing I love most about Hustlers and I know they've talked about this a little bit, but they talk about the kind of, like, the team sport mentality of it, and I feel like you probably know this about me by now, but, like, sports movies (laughs) wreck me. They're my favorite thing in the world, and it's partially because of how much I love that experience that I've had in my own Mm -hmm. life of being on a team, and how in any sport that I watch, or in any sport that I've been a part of, or just any, like, kind of, like, group activity, Mm -hmm. you know that through success or failure... The only people that'll ever really understand what that moment was like are the people in that group. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool how much they um, leaned into that friend family mm-hmm. aspect of yeah. Hustlers. And you especially see that in the Christmas scene. Yes. When oh. they're all together with like their extended families and their mm-hmm. kids and their moms and all that stuff. And it's really like, it's a beautiful, you know, slice of yeah. that movie. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought the performance is really great. I loved all the... Um... Just everything about it was so so good, and uh, I want to see more from that director, uh, Lorraine. Lorraine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you read um, the article before I, or after? I actually have not, still have not gotten to the article. I didn't read it before. It's awesome. So mm-hmm. I read it before. Oh, okay. And in a lot of ways, I wish I wouldn't have mm-hmm. because then I could have been surprised more yeah. by the storytelling or, or by like what was going to happen to these women. Mm-hmm. But what I loved after, about reading the article and then seeing the movie was seeing the way they translated the storytelling of the film mm-hmm. into, like, the reporting that Julia yeah. Stiles was doing. Um, like, the moments where, like, you know, you don't hear the sound drops out because the recorder's turned off. Like, yeah. I thought that was really, like, well done. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that when Julia Stiles goes and interviews Jennifer Lopez, the accent is a little different. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really interesting mm-hmm. because you kind of see, like, the way other people portray you or envision mm-hmm. you or remember who you yeah. are versus the way you actually are. Yeah. Um, even though she was still kind of putting up a front for the reporter, oh, too. Totally, it just yeah. was a different kind of, yeah. you know, still portrayal. So, yeah, like, that scene alone was when I was like, cool, cool, mm-hmm. cool. Between that and the, of course, the criminal uh, yeah. stripping scene, what an I was like, "Give Jennifer Lopez all of the awards. Give her something." Um, I also really liked. Uh, I didn't when we watched it. I was not uh, super into it, but it has grown on me since Little Women. Me too. Yay! 
Yay! And, and she re- wasn't that into it. I was guys. not that into it. She was she was basically like half a hating on Little Women. Not bad. But but what the, what stuck with me after the fact was how much I liked how she rearranged the storytelling because basically every adaptation of Little Women goes chronologically yep. from being young to old. Um, it may or may not have two Amy's. It may it almost always has two Amy's. I liked having one Amy all the way through, um, and uh, I liked. I, I don't think people are talking enough about. I like the ambiguous ending because I yeah. think it really leaves it open that maybe what the romantic part with Joe and the professor is maybe not what happened, but she wrote it that way. And like the super happy, this the super mega happy ending of, yeah. of the school and, and all that and everybody like hanging out. Not that they wouldn't, but I actually never thought, like I knew that the like kiss in the rain may not have happened. Yeah. I, I didn't think about the fact that the rest of it may not have happened either. It's, That's really it's interesting. Seen, it, it was like, <laughs> Sort of a super mega happy ending uh, to the point where I kind of questioned it. Yeah, you know? that's really cool. Which is really, really neat. Um, <clears throat> and it's so funny. The I know everyone talks about Saoirse Ronan and Timothy Chalamet. I I like Saoirse. But I didn't love Saoirse in this. Uh-huh. Um, there's just, I just, something about it, I don't know, just didn't click. Okay. And I've never been a Timothy. Yeah, Tim- you're Timothy. not. You're not a. You're not a. You're not a Chalamaniac. I'm not a Chalamaniac. <laughs> this movie made me the biggest Chalamaniac. Really? I am so down. I am so in. I'm here for oh. it in all ways. Um, he is now my favorite Laurie by far. As much as I love Christian in the '94, mm-hmm. um, I don't know something about the way. And, and I think. I think. Tim, uh, Timothy's thing in this works more because mm-hmm. the Amy and uh, Joe relationship is explored more yeah. and because Florence is so strong. Florence is my favorite, favorite part she's, of this. And she's my favorite Amy, even though mm-hmm. I think Kirsten Dunst, if she had been old enough to play both Amys, yeah. would have been just as strong. Totally, Um, Because yeah. I just, she's one of my favorite actresses of all yeah. time. I just think she's a freaking genius. Um. Anyway, I feel like this one works more mm-hmm. because the Lori, Amy, uh, uh, Joe triangle mm-hmm. is a lot more sh- uh, fleshed out. Yeah. And the three of them, each of their chemistry in that triangle mm-hmm. is so important because you feel that tension between um, Sersha and Florence yeah. in this one yeah. because you see how similar they are, mm-hmm. but how like the, the frustration... That yeah. Florence feels that always being like the second to Joe and yeah. everything just by being born second. Yeah. They're that they both are these, you know, tortured artists yeah. and they both are impulsive and they're mm-hmm. both, you know they wanna be more than their station. beauty and yeah, their station life, their ambitious than, yeah. and, and and because of that I just I feel it so mm-hmm. much more strongly in why he's attracted to both of them. Yeah. And also the moment that I felt more in this one than all of them was that first meeting between um, Lori and Amy mm-hmm. when she first like introduces herself when he comes into the house. You see that immediate crush that she mm-hmm. has on him, yeah. and in that sense, when she says like I've like when she's upset with him when he pr- proposes to her and she's like Don't toy with yeah. me. Like you actually feel the anguish of like she has always loved him mm-hmm. and then watched him love her sister. Yeah, um, yeah. 
I love it so yeah. much. No, it's, it's so, so grown on me. And then I, this is so, I feel so bad, but it's so funny. Um, I'm not, I'm so glad I'm not alone. I totally forgot Bob Odenkirk was their dad in the movie. Yeah. And I, I see people tweet about it and I feel terrible because he's a great dramatic actor. He can be. And can, and he's like killing, I haven't watched a ton of Better Call Saul, but what I've seen is so great. He's so great on Breaking Bad. But yeah. I so have like the Mr. Show mindset and I've definitely, they've definitely done like period piece sketches where He's like a fatherly figure, it's, or something like that, and so I felt so bad laughing when he came back. No, I and, think and he dropped in too, a little bit. He dropped in like too unexpectedly. If they had shown him earlier, which I realized they couldn't because yeah. he was away at war, but and then it's totally normal after like that one scene. But I was just like, holy shit! And I was like, oh, I like. Well, this. then he like makes some jokes later in the thing, like some dad and, jokes or something. Yeah, but it comes off a little hokey, and it's not, and it's so hard after Chris Cooper. Yeah, so oh, Chris Cooper, effing from my amazing. Oh. Chris Cooper as Mr. Lawrence, so good. I don't even remember who is Mr. Lawrence in the '94 at this point, but either. Chris Cooper, my God. He is him and everything that he does with um, Eliza Scanlon with yeah. with Beth, but she also is super she was underrated. Such a good in this Beth, movie. yeah. Um, man, this honestly, in all, this cast is better mm-hmm. than I think any other cast has been um, in one of these movies. Normally, yeah. there's like one or two standouts. Yeah, this one there's like five or six. Yeah. Um, even the people that aren't as good are good. Yeah, you know the whole yeah. And it's so funny, it's, that's, I think, a testament to how good the movie really is, that I, like, didn't initially like it, but the more I kept thinking about it. Actually, I ended up writing uh, for the, the Hollywood Critic Association booklet. Yeah, I, I was so excited like, about that. no one else picked up that movie to write for. I totally like, thought it had been picked thought, up, or you yeah, know I would have done it. I thought it was claimed, <laughs> I thought it was claimed, too, and I was like, oh, it's going to be claimed by someone who liked it a lot more than I did initially. And then no one claimed it, and they're like, hey, can you rate this? And I was like, like yeah. Heck yes, I can. I was like, you know what? I can. Because that part of me was like, oh, I should turn it down. I was like, no, you had things you really liked it. Like I said, the structuring of it really just makes it so smart and so yeah. different. And I think it really enlivens the material that a lot of people are familiar with and just makes it new and exciting. And then my only quibble is sometimes they acted a little too modern with, like, flailing and screaming. Yeah, and, and some of the lines were a little... Bonkers. Uh-huh. But, I mean, that's a minor thing. Quibble. Quibble. <laughs> I also thought it was freaking beautiful. Some of the shots. Like, Gorgeous. I didn't, I didn't even... I was not moved by the chemistry or the passion and the big, like, I love you, Joe moment. But, oh, uh-huh. that, like, little hill they're on. Beautiful. That hill is gorgeous. That is a hill to die on. That is a hill to die on. <laughs> hey. uh, thank you. What a, I will be of, here all night. Speaking of our girl Florence, I loved Midsommar. I know you didn't ever end up seeing it. Yeah, I, I cannot comment <laughs> on Midsommar. But, I, I have not heard past her screaming. Screaming. But it's so, so good. Uh, I, I love me some Ari Aster. He's really doing some amazing stuff. Yeah. And, I, th- I think really interesting stuff with female leads in horror, too, because both Midsommar and Hereditary are very female, yeah. women point of view focused without, you know, I think being reductive or, or anything like that. And you, you know he went through a bad breakup with Midsommar, but he takes... Florence aside, big time. Hell yeah. Because he's they like, definitely burned that boyfriend to laugh and a bear. He's like, he's like, boys, boys are trash. He's like, I'm trash. 
I should be burned alive I mean, inside man. a bear, inside a, a house in Sweden. It's like, you have some, uh, you have some things to atone for, which takes me to Marriage Story. Oh, Marriage, uh, marriage Story was alright for me. Uh, marriage Story was on my top ten list until I saw Knives Out, and the Marriage Story dropped off my top ten list Ouch. as a film. Mm-hmm. Um, but, my lord, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. He, man. A performance. Him and Laura Dern, for that matter. Laura Dern was so uh, Laura Dern is superb in all things. She better get a supporting nom for She Oscars. will. 100% will get the nomination. She'll probably end up beating Jennifer for the actual Oscar itself. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, but, damn, he is good in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect me expect it to touch me as much as it was, as much as it did. Because I felt really kind of uncomfortable about the movie in general. Yeah, just, I, I was I had the same issue where like I don't really want to watch people going through a divorce. I didn't want to watch people going through a divorce and then I felt weird about it because my tabloidy brain from my past was just my past, you know, work experiences just kept thinking about like the di- the divorce that he had that had he's that kind of talking this, about. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, eh, I feel icky watching this because I feel like I know now too much. Yeah. But at the same time, he manages to yes, take his own experience. Mm-hmm. And put it onto film, but not in that kind of creepy tabloidy way, but more in that yeah. way of like understanding what we all have been through or what we all have experienced in terms of a breakup. And I thought mm-hmm. it was really beautiful. Um, and at the end of the day, is more of a love story than anything mm-hmm. else, and more about yeah. like how hard it is to be in a relationship in general mm-hmm. and how much work a relationship yeah. kind of takes and how it can be so easy to in trying to do things for the other person mm-hmm. getting wrapped up in yeah. that I think it's especially of creative yeah careers like that where it's you know everybody gets pulled in two directions a lot with like having to travel for work or having to like the whole arguments about where they're living and where they're staying and everything like that. And, and that feeling of home and, like, what yeah. home actually means to mm-hmm. you. Um, you know, some of those conversations that you don't think to have yeah. when you're falling in love with someone that are, like, yes. extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it really uh, it really knocks on the door of those. And then it gave know. us the killer meme of their argument in the apartment, <laughs> which Hell my favorite one I, yes. s- I said to you. Yeah. <laughs> Where they're arguing, and she's like, you're so wrapped up in your own selfishness. And then that shadow of him pointing and yelling, he goes, I hope you hurl yourself over the side of a cliff and sacrifice your life to obtain a stone that controls the essence of all life in the universe. And then when your friends have all the other stones, and it seems like they could easily bring you back to life, they provide a really contrived reason for why you have to stay dead forever. <laughs> A.K.A. the plot of Avengers the plot Endgame, of Endgame, which was genius. So whoever created that meme... meme. Thank God for you. My favorite it, version of that meme so it's far. It's hilarious. Um... Yeah, it, uh, I just, I'm still not a big Scarlett Johansson fan, and this didn't convert me. She's not bad. I think she's very good in she's this. She's very good in it, but I just, I've never. You're not going to like her, you're never going to like her. It just is who you are. I just, I just can't do it. I just can't. But, yeah. And then, I, but I, I, you know, I have to watch some more Noah Baumbach, what's his name? Yeah, I'm Baumbach, struggling Baumbach, with I don't today's. know. Pronunciations are hard, guys. We're also both sick, so let, let us have this. Um, and uh, we're going to transition to another movie because it's easier to pronounce. I don't know. Because uh, I want to move to Dolomite is my name. Oh, me too. I love Dolomite is my name. Dolomite oh my is one of the 
loveliest movie. It's so feel good. It is. And I kept, it it made me realize how cynical I am. Yeah. Because I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. I kept waiting for him to die penniless and Mm -hmm. not recognized and not ever understanding or realizing that even though he's, you know, kind of an unsung hero in Mm -hmm. the mainstream, doesn't mean that his life was a total failure. Mm -hmm. He achieved his dreams. He got, you know, the love and notoriety that he hoped for and he did so just by making people happy and making people laugh yeah and I just think it's such a beautiful message of like not giving up on yourself Mm -hmm. and really just 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 believing even when people don't believe in you yeah and the importance of seeing yourself on screen and telling a story you want to tell doesn't and people are so like oh this is bad this is good and they're (laughs) definitely bad are the totally. Dolomite movies exists. like good? No, Obje- like nah. But, but like people like them. But like, do I think the Fast and Furious movies are good? Hell no. But no. Like, but I love them. But everybody I love them loves so them. much. There's definitely other movies I'm like not even thinking of that I'm like, it's not a good movie. Air quotes. You know, it's not a higher movie. But I like it. It makes me yeah. feel good. And that's what I thought. I really liked the scene where they go to the one comedy, and I can't remember which like classic white comedy basically <laughs> um they go to the one comedy though and they're watching it and they're like well it's supposed to be funny but it's just not my sense of humor and it doesn't it doesn't make that comedy a bad comedy it's just not to like a person's taste and so when they're like let's let's do a movie with our jokes our humor you know and it's still something that everybody likes or most people can find enjoyment in like it's funny it's weird it's it's just, you know, and it's yeah. just a different point of view. And that's what was so important was getting yeah. out a different point of view, a different sense of humor that, like, you know, we need, we still need more. The fact exactly. that, like. You just need more voices in general. Yeah. No one thing is funny. That was, like, 40 years ago and we're still like, oh, I don't know if we're, like, what type of movies we should be. Like, exactly. no, everybody should get a voice, get to see themselves on screen. The, I can't think of the actress's name. Davine. Davine Joy Randolph. Okay. Who plays the supporting character yeah. in, this, in this film. Gets a um, great scene where when, she talks about that. Where they're going to the premiere and she's like, I've never seen myself on screen and you let me be in the movie and see myself on screen and that was everything. I was like, that's beautiful. Like, that's so... And everybody just had, like, a good time. The movie... Dolomite reminded me of Ed Wood and, like, how... Yeah. The idea of, like, you just want to make a movie and tell a story, fun, good, bad, doesn't matter, and how important that is to people, to be heard, to be seen in some different way. Um, and that, and I really, really liked it. And then Eddie and, Murphy... And you do know that why it reminded you of Ed Wood is because it was written by the guys who wrote Ed Wood. Oh my god, was it? Yes. Oh, I'm dumb. Okay, I didn't look, I didn't even look at that <laughs> No, beforehand. I wasn't sure. Ah. I was like, I was like, maybe I'm, I'm remembering this wrong, but yes. Mm-hmm. So the, the screenwriters of Ed Wood, mm-hmm. um, that actually was the movie that Eddie Murphy saw... And approach them about oh, Dolomite. Okay. And he, he didn't realize that they were also huge fans of Dolomite. Oh. So they all kind of bonded over this together. That's awesome. And they all went to Rudy Ray Moore mm-hmm. and approached him about making a movie about his life. And it didn't happen before Rudy died. Oh. But Rudy had, of course, like given them their blessing, the blessing and everything. And then Netflix came on board after Scott and uh, Larry had done, uh, I think they did People vs. OJ. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And after they did People versus OJ, mm-hmm. they had the clout to be yeah. able to, like, go to Netflix and be like, yo, we want to make this thing. Mm-hmm. And it turned out Ted Sarandos mm-hmm. was a huge fan of Dolomite too. which props to Ted Sarandos yeah. for being, like, you know, basically, like, Daddy Warbucks <laughs> if we're of the film industry right now. Yeah. 
I appreciate the man's taste. I've got to be really yeah. honest. He's he greenlit some really good movies this year. Mm-hmm. So props to him right now. Yeah. And then yeah, Eddie Murphy was so good at it. Like between that and like SNL was just reminding there us. There is no better episode like, of SNL maybe <laughs> in the last ten years. It was so freaking good. <laughs> Every moment. And and what was weird about it was he was just revisiting, he spent a lot of time revisiting mm, old characters, yeah. but they mostly found interesting ways to revisit them. They did, yeah. And we all knew he was gonna do them, yeah. and it was still exciting and funny every time. No, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood totally worked. The only thing that I thought they were gonna do with that that they didn't do was that they didn't get Tom Hanks to make an appearance oh, on Mr. Rogers. Yeah. I was like... You guys had it. You had it right there. It was in the... It was like, was he not available? What the... (laughs) Well, boys and girls. (laughs) I thought that would have been hilarious, but it's fine. I don't write for them. (laughs) Um, The Gumby thing, which I I don't... I'm more familiar with Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. I've seen more of those than I have of the Gumby stuff, but my mom was super pumped for the Gumby bit. Loved the Gumby. And then the last sketch of the night, the Elf Workshop thing was so funny. Elf Workshop was amazing. It doesn't matter what my name is. Have you seen the, um, the viral clip? So there was like a... There was like a TV reporter like moment like that oh, that, that they were playing inspired. off of, oh, that okay. it, but they did it in the yeah. elf workshop, and I thought it was amazing. Um, <laughs> this teenage white elf <laughs> ran up to me, a black elf in sweatpants. <laughs> That's how bad things are at the North Pole. <laughs> He's so good. It's, it he, was a great his sketch. His timing too. was amazing. Yeah. And even when he cursed, oh, I yeah. just laughed that I was like, he's like, I can afford it. Yeah. He's like, I'm Eddie Murphy. <laughs> He's like, don't worry, Lord. I got this. Oh, and his monologue was so good. I loved bringing everybody out. Keenan and Dave and Chris and, um, oh my God, I'm blanking. No, I'm blanking. No, no, I'm no. So Dave, Chris, um, Chris Keenan and, um, uh, Tracy Morgan. That's yeah. what I'm forgetting. <laughs> um, the thing I love most about having Keenan up there in that moment too, um, was just the reminder that, one, he's the longest-running mm-hmm. cast member in the history of SNL, yeah. that he's been doing this consistently and well since he was a teenager on all that and Keenan and Kel. He really doesn't get enough credit because he's not, like, a flashy comedian. Yeah. But he has been one of, like, these consistent... He's never bad in a sketch. No, and, and he, he really has held up the show in its bad days and in its mm-hmm. good days, and I just think it was so awesome to get to see him get to be recognized and a lot of people on the internet you know when they were first they first cropped part, that damn photo well, I don't, that's the thing they weren't cropping the photo they just took the photo took the wrong before yeah. he had come on screen and people were like so excited and yeah. like posting it because i was watching i actually was in the car with my parents <laughs> on the 14 hour drive to delaware watching it on my phone <laughs> and so i was like watching everyone freak out as each person came on yeah. and so i was seeing like just like this the the live reaction of just the four of them and then like I saw, like, a, you know, 30 minutes later, everyone yeah. was like, yeah, and Keenan was there, too, and it was so cool. But because it was so much later, people were already just, like, retweeting before yeah, yeah. and got carried away. But still, so cool. And mm-hmm. I just, like, I just love seeing him be recognized because I just think yeah. he's such a badass. And I'm ready for the Eddie Murphy renaissance. Let's yes. do it. Eddie Murphy songs. Well, we have two more films for Eddie. Well, for sure, we have Coming oh, to Coming America. To yeah. And then Triplets has still been greenlit. No idea if that's actually going to happen. Triplets? It's the uh, twins. Twins. Sequel. Oh, okay. But then there's also um, <laughs> the other one, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Oh. It has been announced, but like it's so like weird if that's actually yeah. happening or not. But we at the very least get him for a few more months before he heads back to his couch where he like just counts his billions and hangs out with his like 
four-month-old baby. Yeah. It's nuts <laughs> how many, his, him and his ten children. I can't believe he has ten kids. That's crazy. Right. I like that new joke. He's like, I have to get back to work because I have ten kids. Exactly. They're expensive. <laughs> kids are expensive. Well, a lot of them are adults now, so you yeah. can take them off the payroll. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, Dol- Dolomite was just so freaking good. And then um, another fun movie was for me was ready or not and you saw it i saw it and it is um kind of like on the fringes of my favorites Mm. of the year yeah um that's the other one i wrote for wrote a paragraph for for the hollywood critics association because i really it was so fun i first of all it's 90 minutes as it should be that is as much as that premise can sustain and also (laughs) it ended in a way that i did not in any way, shape, I or form expect. That did not it see it coming. Was so good. <laughs> I loved the introduction of mm-hmm. you know the of the little kids and the horrible thing that yeah. they see. And I love seeing Adam Brody he in was something so good. good. He's so good. I he I'm not. I didn't watch the OC. I've never been like a big fan of him because he did kind of was to me was doing that character <laughs> for so long. Yeah. But now he's kind of broadened up and opened up. I think the wheelhouse a little. Yes. See, I, like, um, actually actively live for the fact mm-hmm. that, like, that um, Seth from the OC married, uh, uh, shoot. What's her face from Gossip Girl? Yeah. Oh, Leighton? my God. Leighton yeah. But I'm trying to think of her character's name. Blair? Blair. How do Jesus. I get this? How do you know I this? didn't watch either of them. How do I know? Blame me for my, it's my illness, people. I'm smarter than this, I swear. Uh, but no, I really, like, that is, like, my pop culture. That yeah. is, that is everything to me. I know they don't care, but I think it's awesome because they're the two best parts of their shows. So. Fair enough. Keep killing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was very fun. It's. Not too scary, which is fine, but it's very smart. Oh, I had to drink heavily funny. while watching it because it's so gory. <laughs> it's gory, though. It is gory. But I, I, and I'll just, we, we talked about this when we did the other, um, oh, I can't think of the show we were on. So long ago. <laughs> In the oh. popcorn, not popcorn talk. What the hell? Um, what the hell show were we on? God, this is hard. Oh, it's okay. We're on cold medicine, y'all. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, but I love, love Samara Weaving. She's so good, and she was so great. And uh, they just, it was such a smart, fun movie with a good little satire edge to it. And uh, one thing I didn't mention that I thought was just clever visually was, not only is she all in white as a bride, she's blonde, and everybody else has dark hair in the family, which I just was like, makes Yeah, no, and, that's, I, I didn't even think about that, but that is interesting. Nice little visual contrast. I just think of that every so often. And I love that, like, uh... They play around like, oh, you think she's gonna be this like badass battling bride and like none of the guns work and all this and the other exactly. thing. Exactly, she's like crying at one point, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really know what she's doing. She's just surviving. Yeah. It's not like they, you know, normally in these movies, she like all of a sudden has like this very particular set of skills right. that come out of nowhere. Which people compared a lot of people compared it to the movie You're Next, where that literally happens. Like they're being attacked in the house, a big manor house, similar situation. And then suddenly our final girl is like, oh, by the way, I grew up on like a survivalist compound. She's like Australian. And we're like, where did that And I was like, what? And so she's able to set all these traps and this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, that's stupid. Like, people really liked Your Next and I really hated it at the end of the day. Especially because that was such a kind of... I like I appreciated that there was an explanation for why she would know how to do all that. But it still felt really 
clumsily Wait, tacked in on. In this one, she just got helped a lot. She got helped, and she just did, like, what I think any you would kind of naturally do to the best of your ability. But she punches that little kid. Yeah, she pushes shit out of a kid. But you know what? So the kid funny. was an asshole. The kid wanted to shoot her. Kid well, did, did shoot her. her. He's trying to kill her. Hand. Yeah. Little bastard. <laughs> and then the mom, the coked out mom, was proud of him? I love nah. that actress. She was amazing. She was amazing. And then I forgot, she's on one of my favorite shows, Letter Kenny. Uh, and I didn't realize, and I was like, oh my god, it's Mrs. McMurray from Letter Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited to see her. Uh, I love her on Letter Kenny, but excited she's getting more work too. She's great. <laughs> she's great. And then uh, this wasn't maybe <coughs> everyone's cup of tea, but I liked The Lighthouse. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> Did you see it? I made it 37 minutes into the lighthouse. Oh, yeah, you have. She literally hasn't stopped on her DVD player. Uh, it is not for everyone. I know it's not for everyone. I'm surprised you're even watching it. God bless. I tried really God hard bless. for it to be for me. And it maybe it will weird. be. Maybe I just was not watching it the right frame of mind. No, it's weird. But I like it. I Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are so freaking good doing this weird, weird shit together. It's such a, it's a two-hander. It's so, there's, it's just, I love it. I liked it. No, I, <laughs> it's a weird movie. Live, live your best life. A lot of people loved that movie. Um, yeah. And I think it's just another good reminder, as was Charlie's freaking angels, that we need to move past Twilight let these kids be... Because the, they're good kid, actors. Do you know what they were working kid, with with Twilight? Kids, Gosh darn it. Kids. They ain't kids no more. They're like in their 30s now or close to it. Whatever. I don't know. They're in their they 30s. Because they they're older than me. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Like, let it go. And they're, they're actually... They make interesting choices. They, they try new things. Such interesting choices. I love Kristen and Rob separately. Let them live. Let them live their best lives. Uh, speaking of movies people didn't like... Uncut Gems, which I'm I think is freaking amazing. So good. And I un- People I, don't like it? I, yeah. Well, audiences go into that movie, again, thinking that it's an Adam Sandler movie. Mm. And I get that. And that's always kind of the fear of casting yeah. someone so big mm-hmm. in a film. But what's so great about Adam is he never tries to make it an Adam Sandler oh, no. movie. He At steps all. into the Safdie's world. He wants to exist in their world. He was really excited and challenged by getting to play this character. And I think really... Kind of honored that they saw that yeah. he could do something oh, like that. He broke my heart. There's a scene where he breaks down in his office after he like is, has the shit kicked out of him, and everything was like seems really dire at that yes. point. Because the whole thing is just like breakneck, stressful pacing, and when he's just like so embarrassed and beaten down, and he's like crying, he's so freaking good in that yes, scene. He is tore me apart. And listen, I understand he's a gambling addict. He's yeah. cheating on his. Well, okay, here's the thing: unclear whether or not he's cheating on his wife. They're clearly somewhat separated. He is living yes. outside of the home. Yeah, it's probably to be assumed he did cheat on his wife at some yeah. point. You know, he's not a good guy. Yeah. And maybe it's just me, like. It's weird, because I'm not the kind of person that likes to fix people, mm-hmm. and I don't want to fix Howard, Yeah, but I kind of root for him to just maybe win, because right. he is such a loser that I'm like, maybe if he finally wins, like, he'll be done. And then he, he like, what did win. <clears throat> he it did go well. Well, first of all, he wins, and the bet had been called off. Yeah. Unbeknownst to him, which is some bullshit. Right. And then he, you know, wins, and it really, really doesn't go well, which surprised the heck out of me. Me too. But also, that guy was Irish, so I couldn't (laughs) be surprised at all. Speaking of crazy Irish people doing murders, I liked the Irishman. 
So okay. I don't know if it's my favorite. It's not a favorite of the year for me. It was. It is what other. I have it under the category of it was fine. <laughs> it's a, a well made film. It's well made. However, once I got to the point when we were doing a wedding in slow motion, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you're just making this long to make this long." Nice try, Marty. <laughs> like I understand us being in that nursing home for a long time, mm-hmm. and this is a mm-hmm. meditation on aging. Whatever, yeah. live your life. Yeah. But that slow-mo wedding scene makes me actively angry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I liked it. Yeah, performances are good. Joe Pesci's great. Pesci and Pacino. They are so good. I really really liked the scene where Pesci's telling De Niro he's got to go kill Hoffa. And and it's just, he's like, all this time he's like, I know he's your friend, but it doesn't matter. You have to go do what I'm telling you to do. And, and he always knew and he was going to so, call in that favor. And he's so calm and so matter-of-fact with it, and it's just, it's chilling and sad yeah. and so good. Well, because it's so different from a lot of, like, the over-the-top passion yeah. we've gotten over the years. Yeah. Where it's almost scarier when someone is so calm. And, like, <laughs> you know, that's what um, I read when I was re- I was re-watching Double Wars Prada, and mm-hmm. then I was, like, reading some trivia because it's the... F- 99th time I've seen it. I wanted right. to learn something new. Mm-hmm. And Meryl was talking about Clint Eastwood mm-hmm. and how part of her performance she based on him because he's always the quietest person in the room. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that is the person that has the most power. When yeah. you never raise your voice, when you never get agitated, mm-hmm. everyone has to lean in to hear you. Very true. And I was like, holy shit, that's a really important, yeah. that's like a very interesting thing, especially like as a woman to yeah, like yeah. accept that like we're always, you know, we're also totally treated poorly whenever we show any sort of emotion. Mm-hmm. We're treated like we're, like, insane. But, yeah, it is interesting, the idea of, like, that level of just, like, composure being yeah. as powerful as it is. I was like, okay, Meryl, I see you. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, like, not yelling, you gotta go kill him. It's like, you have to go do it. Sorry. Just matter of fact, emotionless. Cold as ice. Cold as ice. Stone cold killer. Um... Also, but at the same time, by the way, I could have done without the de-aging. Uh, the de-aging worked after a while because you get used to it, but you realize also, and a lot of people notice this too, they still move like old men. Yeah. They're like, and the other hilarious thing was like, I don't get what age everybody was supposed to be when we first started that Me flashback. Because Pesci keeps calling him kid. I'm like, I think he's supposed to be 40 in this I think they're supposed to be like in their 30s. In their 30s. Because he went to... De Niro's character served in World War II. Um, but I'm, not, I'm very unclear how old he would have been at that point. Yeah. And then they met in the 50s, I think. So, yeah, he would have been like 40. Uh, yeah, so like... Eh, not really a kid. Not really a kid, man. Good point. Like, that's a middle-aged dude. <laughs> you keep calling Solidly kid. middle-aged. And then, yeah, there was a couple different scenes where they were, like, they were sitting in the sauna or something like that, and they're, like, ugh, just, like, moving like old dudes. Yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't like any of those. And things. it's just such a give- <laughs> It's. I read something that, um, about Al Pacino having to stand up in a scene. Yeah. And then Marty and had to like, ask younger. him to, like, do it younger. <laughs> and he was, like... I can get it down to about 60 yeah. or whatever he said. I'm like, they're old dudes. It's like, kind of hilarious. It's kind of funny. Um, and then, but the very first shot of D.H. De Niro, I wrote down in my notes at the time, oh my God, <laughs> welcome to Marwin. Because, because he's way he's smooth, overly smooth, plastic yeah. scene looking. Uh, I will give them credit. 
I find when they do colored contacts in movies, especially blue eyes over darker eyes, yeah. it's really, uh, doesn't seem to work very well. Yeah. Uh, I think it's because they do, like, too flat a color or something like that. Kind of the same, it works, same problem with brown eyes over light eyes. They do too flat a color, yeah. I feel, whatever. These are the best fake blue eyes I've ever seen. Yeah, in a they movie. were digital, right? <laughs> I don't know. I think they were. I think they digitized them. That that would that seemed to work well. So, yeah, it worked better than the contacts. Yeah, I agree. Because contacts, uh, the the just ends up being too flat a color and killing like the life in people's eyes very often. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, so technically. There you go. Yeah. Good movie. Good movie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's what sold me was they correctly digitized his eyes to blue. I'll take yeah. it. Um, the last three movies on my list mm-hmm. kind of all, I feel the exact same way about all three of them, mm-hmm. so that's kind of why I'm pairing them together. Mm-hmm. It is The Farewell, Parasite, and Waves. I haven't seen any of those. That is actually why I paired all three of them together, is because those were the three movies that came out, well, at least Parasite and The Farewell came out over the summer, mm-hmm. and everyone was talking about them, talking about them, they're amazing, they're amazing, they're amazing, mm-hmm. and I didn't see them. Yeah. And I was like, I'll get to it. If they're so amazing, they're going to make it to award season, I'll get to them then. Yeah. Waves came out later, but a lot of people had seen it at the festivals, and they were like, holy shit, this mm-hmm. is the movie everyone's mm-hmm. going to be talking about. It's so amazing. Unfortunately, Waves kind of came and went in theaters, and I'm like super, it's my, Waves is my new, um, uh, what, uh, what's the movie from last year? Uh... Widows. Oh, Waves yeah. is my new Widows. Where, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm actively angry at everyone for not going to go see it mm-hmm. because it's one. It's it's act. It might be my favorite movie of the year. Really, it's, it's really really high up there. It's in my top five. Mm-hmm. Um, but those three movies did something so innovative and different and interesting mm-hmm. and beautiful with this very simple but very personal storytelling. And Parasite, I don't think is as like personal because it's kind of like crazy yeah. and unexpected. Don't tell and me wild. anything. I've avoided spoilers and hints. <clears throat> and honestly, this long, all three of them you can have kind the of avoid spoilers yeah. for. Um, but all three of them are just brilliant. The performances in it are insane. Uh, Waves introduces you to if you don't already know Calvin Harrison Jr. from Loose, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Taylor Russell, who plays his younger sister in the movie, is fantastic. Charlie K. Brown is amazing. Mm-hmm. The movie is just great overall. Uh, Parasite. Everyone is wild. Bong Joon-ho is definitely yeah. going to win Best Director, I think. Everyone is oh, just, like, okay. losing yeah. their shit over him at all of the award season events and parties and everything. And yeah, I yeah. strongly believe he's going to win Best Director of the Globes tomorrow. Cool. Maybe not, but I, I think he might. Um, and then The Farewell, which is a personal true story that Lulu yeah. Wang um, wrote. And I just think she's brilliant. Also, she dates Barry Jenkins. What? And that is, like, Power there couple. are two, like, sick... Uh, filmmaking power, power couples Holy. this year, the two of them, and then Noah and Greta. I'm like, that's too yes, much, that's too much power in one relationship. I love it so <laughs> much. Great. I love seeing, you know, it's people who get you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is just <laughs> like I can only imagine just what like they're. I mean, I know their conversations are just like normal, but I, I if we're like, do you want eggs today? Or yeah, like, yeah. But in our head, we're like, you think they're talking about cameras and casting? <laughs> and, and meanwhile, they're like, I think we should go to that Thai place. Again. Yeah, they're yeah. like, I really like that Thai place. Did you throw the laundry in? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. But in my head, I can imagine that they're just they're like, talking about all kinds of cool like film writing, stuff. writing at, like, computers next to each other. Oh, and... That is, like, my dream in life is just to, like, date another journalist. And, like, they're writing their story and I'm writing my story. And we're just writing. Tap, 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 tap. Anyway, um, now you... you guys know way too much about me <laughs> and what I care about. Uh, those three movies 
I could not recommend more. Go see them. They're fucking awesome. They're really great. And back over to the it was fine category. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Joker is not on my top ten. A plot twist. Um, What do you call it? It, Joaquin Phoenix performance out of this world. Insanely good. The last... An intriguing setup and premise for the movie, and but then in the last act, boy, does it just kind of whiff what it's going for. I think it really falls apart. I just big, don't big like way. it. I don't. I don't even have reasons. Um, I just really don't like it. No, I. I. It's. It, at the end of the day, it, it is like okay. Well, that was an intriguing idea. I like <laughs> some of the little bits they put. Really forward. well made. Very well made. Expertly done. Great job, Todd Phillips. I don't like your movie. Yeah, so no, it's, and I think that's totally fair. Like, and like I said, I was, you know, I like the unreliable narrator. Yeah, I, I actually it. really enjoyed that twist. Mm-hmm. That was the one part when I went, oh. Poor Zaz. Zazie. Yeah, she's God, fine. It's fine. She's right, but boy, was I just felt for her when heart wrenching when he was in her apartment. She also, I hated like, the. Terrifying. I mean, I knew he wasn't. I because I could tell that he wasn't that guy when yeah. the. When the um the little person was in yeah. his apartment, that he mm-hmm. wasn't gonna hurt him, but I was really terrified oh, yeah. that they were gonna that the guy that I thought he was mm-hmm. wasn't, and he was gonna hurt him, and yeah, that yeah. really upset me as well. Yeah, um, I was very happy to see that they didn't all of a sudden make him a maniac. Yeah, but still didn't like it. And then I just have a funny <laughs> story about it because I saw Mark Maron perform earlier this or not this year. God, it was twenty nineteen. Uh, last oh, year. Last year already. Um. And he did a Q&A. He's like, I don't normally do him, but he was, he was like, running through a lot of material. And he was like, oh, I've kept you guys here a while. I'll, I'll do a Q&A. Like, ask me whatever. And some little shit in the front row raises his hand because he had a whole, in the set, he had a, he had a whole bit about hating superhero movies and Marvel movies in particular and da-da-da-da-da. And I was like, I get it. I, I liked his points and I agree with some of them. But I also like some of the Marvel movies. So whatever. Yeah. You know, I get it. Um... And this kid raises his hand and he goes, If you hate superhero movies so much, how come you're in Joker? It's a comic book movie. And he was like, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you know, pointed out like, well, you know, 10, 15 years ago, his career was like not great. And he started the podcast and then that all worked out. And then people started to let him act more. And that's pretty fun. And he's like, and I like it. And if someone comes up to you and says, hey, do you want to be in a movie with Robert De Niro and Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix? Are you going to say no? Is that the hill you're going to die on? And nope, I'm dying on the little woman hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, let the dude get his coin and go hang out with the Nero for a day. And then when I saw so I was like, oh, I wonder how much he's in the movie. He's in it like for one scene. He literally has two scenes. He has two scenes. And That's I was it. like, oh, wow, that was a whole lot pivotal. of Pivotal. He's in some pivotal shit. Pivotal but moments. Not but I was like, much. what a what a lot of headache for <laughs> about a ton of payoff. Totally. But anyway. Um, is there anything else on your list? Um, under the, it was fine, was Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I really loved that, personally. It finished, and I just went, huh. Huh. It took a while for me to get there, but then I, like, really loved it. It did not grow on me the way, like, a little woman grew on me. That's fair. I need, I might rewatch it. I probably will. I just found it to be a really enjoyable ride. I don't, I could do without... The Manson. You could exercise all the Manson. But all of the rest of that stuff, Mm -hmm. I loved that experience of being back in that time in Hollywood Mm -hmm. and going on that ride with Cliff and whatever his Mm -hmm. name is. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Rick fucking Dalton. Here, Rick My bad. Dalton. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I, I mean, it's to me one of Brad Pitt's finest performances. I think he, yeah. for me, should win um, supporting actor this year. I think he's fantastic in that film, and that's why mm-hmm. I think I like it so much. Um, for all the flack that Tarantino got for uh, Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate not having many lines. I felt like she actually has at least one line in every scene she's in. She's just not in the movie that much. Yeah. And I, the movie's not about her. Yeah. So, it, like, I think it's fine. Like I said, you could totally do it, do that movie without her. Totally. And it would have been And fine. it would have been fine, but I think she's brilliant in the performance. Yeah. I think she's, no, she's really, great. really good. I, I love Margot Robbie. She's... It, well, actually, I just remembered I had one more on my list, okay. on my top ten list, um, Bombshell. Oh, I have not seen Bombshell. For me, it completely blew me away. Um, it, I understand why it's not resonating with people in that people are not going to it because they don't want to absorb the Fox News of it all. But mm-hmm. I find that the movie is actually really interesting um, because it doesn't really get into it that much. Um, it tries to be as apolitical as possible mm-hmm. in terms of like, yeah, you may hate these people's politics or you may not be interested in what they're selling to you but at the end of the day what Gretchen Carlson did mm-hmm. in sticking her neck out there completely mm-hmm. on her own is a heroic act um, and she deserves to be lauded for it and I think the way this movie treats it and shows how terrifying it must have been for her to go out on a mm-hmm. limb like that by herself and for someone like Megan Kelly who knew what the right thing to do was in some respect the way the world is created makes you feel like you have too much to lose by coming forward and standing with your sister. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that that shows how much that changes, because they didn't like each other. They didn't know each other or anything. Yeah. And throughout the whole thing, it never like makes them like besties, mm-hmm. um, which I think would have, have rung really false. I like yeah. the way that it really <laughs> owns that, whether or not you like this person, this person may have done bad things, this person may be a bad person, it doesn't really give a shit. It's, it, a, it's about what happened to them and how that's wrong. It's tough, yeah, because I, I'm like, that should, obviously, shouldn't happen to anyone, and the fact that it did is awful, but I, it, I also can't abide by what they perpetuate as, you know, reporters or, yeah, you know, Politically, and, yeah. and it's hard, I think, too, because sometimes what they perpetuate politically is self-sabotaging to the protections that they would need in, like, the workplace like that. They, I feel like if it hadn't happened to them, would they have cared, you know? Like, if it had happened to somebody else... Yeah, so say that's, say that's the, the Me tough, Too scandal yeah. blew up in... Well, they, they actually show you that. They show mm-hmm. a scene because obviously what happened with Harvey mm-hmm. came out before anything came out with Roger Ailes. Right. Um, but they what they don't show you is how those women reacted to the Harvey story. Yeah. Um, so, that's, yeah, that's a very interesting point that's that you make. haunts me about it in a way but that... I don't know that... I don't know how much Fox News... Mm-hmm. Um, I think Fox News, and I don't, I don't remember what Fox News mm-hmm. did at the time. I don't know if they just kind of ignored it yeah. as much as they weren't like, oh, of course, you know, this liberal asshole. Right, right. I don't know if they, right. I don't know if they poked fun at it or they just ignored it. Yeah. They, 
Right. I don't. I don't watch Fox News. So exactly. I, so I don't know. No so I don't know if 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 anybody's culpable for yeah, like yeah. you know trying to pretend like we don't do that in conservative right, circles. Right. Yeah. Like I don't. If they try to act moral. More exactly. It. If they if they tried to like have this like moral high ground, I don't yeah. think they did. At least mm-hmm. the movie doesn't portray it that sure. they did. Yeah. Um. So yeah. That. But that's a really interesting point. Um. And a, a movie that is kind of on my like. It's weird. It's not on my top ten list, but it is kind of on my like. One of the best movies I've ever seen lists mm-hmm. um, is nineteen seventeen. Oh, I have not seen that yet either. And the, but don't hate me for kind of joking that it's a technical marvel is all I hear about it. And so I'm a little like, well, is the story any good? It is. The story <laughs> is good. I find it really interesting. Well beyond the perceived one take mm. of it. I mean, Roger Deakins is a genius, and right. we all love him, and we all worship him because we should. Um, but I, you know, I like war films. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought this one was particularly harrowing because it's really just taking you from the perspective of these two guys in this mm-hmm. life or death situation. And when it, it really puts you in... The 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 one take Marvel isn't interesting to me just because it's technical, right. but because of the perspective that it puts you in as the viewer. Mm-hmm. And it makes it so much more intimate yeah. and so much more stressful. Um, so that that's why I love it so And I much. do want to see it. I find, like... Historically, I find World War One really fascinating. Yeah. Um, for so for so many reasons, the whole idea of it being the Great War and this will be the war to end all wars, and you know the closeness of the combat is the, the thing that I really the trench, really remember the trench warfare and everything, and and you know yeah, and they're how, walking around with these long guns and bayonets, and I'm like, holy shit, like that is that is that is scary. Yeah. Um. So I find it really fascinating and i'm kind of excited is the wrong word interested that it's world war one is getting more filmic attention in the past few years because there's been there's a million world war ii movies which i totally get um but i was intrigued that wonder woman utilized world war one instead of world war ii which is like more i think what people associate like old school wonder woman with totally um even if they did make the germans in the wonder woman movie borderline like proto-Nazis, which they just really weren't at that point. It was still, like, old-school empires fighting over, like, They were leaning a little heavily into the Captain America. Yeah. Um, they were like, but they were also... Hydra-Nazism. Yeah. Which, like, that happens, like, in 30 years. Yeah, like, you guys are a little early. <laughs> a little early. They weren't, they, they weren't, uh, quite there yet. Um. But yeah, that's my honorable but, mention. Yeah. Um. I wrote down under It Was Fine... Rocket Man, which I almost forgot came out last year. <laughs> I love Rocket Man. Um, but I understand why you say it was fine. Yeah. And then, there, like I said, there's a bunch I haven't seen yet. Um, I haven't seen Last Black Man in San Francisco. The report Ford versus Ferrari. I'm probably never going to see Ford versus Ferrari. It's so much better than Sorry. you think it is. Oh, no, I I've got to tell you. cars. <laughs> the cars, it, it's not, is, it's, not it's about a movie about racing, but it really is not, and I was so surprised. You know what, I shouldn't be such a little brat about it, because, um, what was that Chris Hemsworth movie that came out? Oh, yeah, 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 Ride. Ride? I'm no. pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that is what it's called. Um, With that, him and Daniel that, Bruhl. Yeah, that Ron Howard directed. Ron, I fucking loved that. Yeah, if you liked that. Which, I was so surprised. No, no, it's not I, Ride. What is it called? I, I'm so surprised I did. Because I really was like, I don't like cars, and I don't like racing, and that seems boring. And that it was so good and interesting in their rivalry and slash Rush. friendship. Rush. I knew it was a one word starting with an R. Rush. Rush. 
Yes. That was really good. Such so, a good movie. Like, it shouldn't be such a little Ford snot. versus Ferrari is a lot more like that. <clears throat> okay. Um, it's just a movie about racers yeah. more than it is a movie about racing. Um, and yeah. Then, I haven't seen Clemency, which I hear is really good. Or Portrait of a Lady on Fire, or Pain and Glory. Those are the ones I wrote down. I was like, I still need to see these. And there's probably a bunch of other ones. to do. I have a whole stack of screeners at home for the first time ever, which is super cool. I've never had that. We love a screener. Thank you for um, listening to our podcast and Mm -hmm. sending us screeners. And we're sorry that we have been on a break for so long. That life got very busy. The last fiscal quarter of 2019 was wild (laughs) for me. Um, but it, we're back, baby. We're gonna try to get more regular again and figure this out and, uh, keep watching bunches of movies and, yeah. I don't have a funny end line today. <laughs> Here's to 2020. Here's to 2020. And? And we, we made all these favorites before Golden Globes. Ceremony. Yeah, exactly. Shit is totally going to change in like two weeks. (laughs) Um, But, you know, until then, we'll probably. um, I don't know what I was trying to say there at all. Um, Anyway, here's 2020. Here's 2020. um, A new decade of movies, and we can't wait to hear um, some of your favorites from the last year, and then maybe we'll even consider doing a retrospective of the last decade. Who knows? Let us know. Do you want us to do it? Do you not want us to do it? We'll see. Bye. Bye.